madness. This is Sparta! Okay, kids, let's get to it and talk seminars. December 11th through the 13th will be our next seminar. That'll be in Wichita Falls. Less than 10 spots available for that, so don't wait. Uh, this next seminar after that will be in February on the 5th through the 7th, also at Wichita Falls. For lifting camps on the list, we have our self-sufficient lifter camp on October 31st in Wichita Falls covering the squat, the press, and the deadlift. That'll include how to film yourself and also how to critique yourself. We have some squat camps on the list. Next one up is going to be November 14th in Austin at Starting Strength Austin, then November 21st in Tel Aviv, Israel, and then November 22nd in Seoul, South Korea. We also have a deadlift and power clean camp in Seoul on the 22nd following that squat camp. Then we have two squat and deadlift camps on the list, Orlando, Florida on November 7th, and Omaha, Nebraska at Testify on November 21st. And then finally rounding out our camps will be November 22nd in Baltimore with a three-lift camp covering the squat, the bench, and the deadlift. If you're looking to become a starting strength coach or just get better at coaching the lifts, we have a couple coaching development camps on the list. Next one up is going to be November 7th in Houston at Starting Strength Houston covering the squat, and then Orlando, Florida on November 22nd covering how to coach the squat and the deadlift. Competition is your thing. We have a few options for you. October 22nd through the 25th, 5x3 Training in Baltimore will be hosting their ninth annual Charm City Strongwoman Contest. That's a charity event to benefit the Ullman House. October 31st, we have two strength lifting meets, one in Phoenix at Weights and Plates and one at Testify in Omaha, Nebraska. Then November 14th will be in Wichita Falls for a strength lifting meet. Then December 5th, back to Omaha, Nebraska for a USA weightlifting meet. 5x3 is hosting their Stronger Together meet on December 6th. That's a partner meet contesting four lifts. And then Omaha, Nebraska on March 13th for their final USA weightlifting meet on the schedule. Starting Strength Gyms are all open and operating. You can find locations or request a location or just get more information in general by heading over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com. And as usual, for more details or registration information about any of the events that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. <laughs> Hi. It's Friday, boys and girls, and here we are again with Starting Strength Radio. Have you been good little boys and girls all week wearing your masks to demonstrate your blind obedience to fucked up bureaucrats? Have you been good? I hope so. It's important to be good boys and girls. Wear your mask. Because if you don't wear your mask, people will think you're an asshole. And that's the worst thing that can happen to a person is to be thought an asshole. You don't, trust me, I know from experience, you don't want to be thought of as an asshole, okay? So be good little boys and girls and wear your masks. <laughs> Okay, let's get this show on the road. We're doing Q&A today, all right? Q&A. 
That's right, paper Q&A this time. See? Paper Q&A. The old-fashioned Q&A that doesn't require you to do anything except type a little bit and try not to be complete, insane lunatics with your questions. You know, just as a just as a little reminder here, when when you send us questions for the Q and A like this, we would like for you to to be the kind of person that's actually prepared for the for the for the question by reading the books and watching the videos on the website. So you're not just sending us questions like, "Rip, what's a barbell?" You know, shit like that. We don't want to. We don't want to see shit like that. So uh, if you send in a dumbass question like that, we're just going to throw it away. So don't send me shit like that. Send things in that you actually thought about having done some preparation. But first, come in, come in sir, from, from the heaters. Oh, and these are... These are so vicious this week. Just the vitriol drips off of the fangs of the haters. More so this week than ever before. Listen to this. Listen to this. You're not going to believe this. Gary M. says, love the way no one agrees with him, LOL. Nor do I. The trap bar is a great piece of kit, silly old fart. You, that's devastating. God almighty. <laughs> oh, shit. Here's a guy says, Rip, when you go for a swim, do you swim backwards like a lobster? Get it? Oh, I get it, yeah. <laughs> Man, these are... <laughs> when Bree prints these out, she just cringes because she knows how devastating It's hard on her. She I, cries. I, I, we're going to have to give her a raise yeah. or something. Yeah, probably. Every once in a while, I'll walk in, and she just looks so sad. I'm like, what are you doing? That's just how she always comments. Just, just, comments from the haters. Harvesting these comments from the haters off the, off the board here. It just it just beats her up. I know. She she loves us so much that when somebody says something like "rip," looking particularly lobsterish today, when someone says something like that, she cries her little eyes out. She cries and cries and cries. And. Uh, you know, doesn't sleep well. She doesn't sleep well anyway. But this is taking a toll. PTSD. Well, that's why she skipped is, it that one time. Right. Because she just this we found couldn't out take later. it. She, yeah. she opened one up and just said, <laughs> saying shit like that about Rip. Oh, God. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> No, he's not. <laughs> Don't say he's nasty not stuff about Rip anymore. <laughs> he's not old. He's a man. He's, he's not a lobster. He's a man. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. <laughs> oh, God damn it. As much as I like Rip, I must point out that he's dead wrong about the cervix. It definitely needs to be trained. <laughs> now, what kind of a human being... I don't know. Even I'm not that fucked up. All right. Uh, all right. And and here's some genius. Uh, talked about the the uh, Rusty's uh, video about the pen press, and he says pins are so high, these should be called cheating presses. Either than either that, or they should adjust them slightly. Did he even watch the video? I, I don't know. Maybe he's just looking at the. the maybe he thinks the thumbnail of Bree with it locked out at the top is where the pins are. You think maybe that's what it is? Oh God! And here's another one, and I know this. Is this video edited as a joke, or is he really that pink? See, this is the kind of a comment that sets Bree back. Do what? That that last one has just kept you up. I mean, parts of me are that pink, but you know, not all of me. You know. Make sure this gets off the table. And that's comments, comments. From, from the heaters. Well, I'm glad that's over with. Can somebody get Bree a Kleenex? Please. For the, you know. So... Uh, Here's a couple of things to remember. Just, you know, we need to keep reminding you of some of these things. <clears throat> Harvey Weinstein did not commit suicide. Harvey Weinstein? Isn't he alive? Let's see. <laughs> see my point? Oh, I get it right? now. Right? <laughs> you get it? <laughs> <laughs> We're calling it today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know Harvey's October got anything 8th. to worry about. I think he's just a dirtbag. Uh, yeah. He was a dirtbag with, you know, non-powerful people or something. Yeah. You know, Low-level. Low Low-level low Hollywood actresses and that kind of shit. So yeah. October 8th, we're calling Harvey Weinstein. We're calling Ghislaine Maxwell has not, did not kill herself either. No, not yet. Yeah. She's not killed herself. I think it's important also to keep in mind that all this mask bullshit, all this insane, the insane destruction of human civilization over the past seven or eight months is all based on the premise that COVID-19 is a deadly disease that has killed 30 million Americans so far. And you are being asked every single day to accept this premise and it is bizarre that you do. The most weirdest ass thing I've ever seen 
in my life is a guy riding a bicycle down the street, a young guy riding a bicycle down the street with a mask on. Do you understand the level of, what would that be called, subservience, uh, uh, gullibility, blind obedience, that it would it requires for a 20-year-old guy to be riding a bicycle down the street with a mask on. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here we are, though. Here is society at this point in 2020. Coffee. COVID-free coffee. Okay. Well, if it's not obvious by the way they're rolling this stuff back, too, it's like one guy, one governor says, okay, we're, we're open. Yeah. Then the next governor says, well, we're open two weeks from now. We're open two weeks from and now. And the other one Kinda. says. Kind of. Yeah. Like our, like our wonderful governor, Greg Abbott, here, who I used to have some positive feelings about, you know. He's the worst out of all of them. He's a he's a he's the worst. He's a miserable pussy. It's he's the just, worst. It's just a sickening. Yep. He's trying to show us that he's actually a Texan, but he's trying to show them that he's actually not. Yeah. And it's this tiptoeing around is it's sickening. Yeah. When you let Florida out it's Texas sickening. you. When you let Florida <laughs> out Texas you. That's rough. You are no longer going to be the governor of Texas. Yeah. Now I don't know who they're going to run against him. I don't know who who they'll primary, but he will he will be primaried. Yeah. He will be primaried, and he will no longer be the fucking governor of the state of Texas. And that's in twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two, yeah. And then your buddy Andrew up in New York decides to Andrew is expire a, his uh, executive order on November third. On November third, <laughs> that date sounds date, familiar. Right? Why, what, what else happens on November 3rd? Can you think of anything that's happening on November 3rd? Bree, do you know of uh, anything that's happening on November 3rd? Rusty? Can't think of anything. Think of one thing. Not a single Not thing, a Nick. Single thing. I mean, what, what else is happening? It's just something in the it's nagging kind of in the back of my mind. It's kind of arbitrary date. Just Three. It's almost like you know? that date was like really planned, even though it's arbitrary. Yeah. Well, that, that makes it arbitrary. If it's planned, it's or something like that. Yeah. I, yeah. Fuck, I, don't, I don't know. I, don't I can't. I can't. I can't. We'll get back to imagine. It, I guess we figure out the significance of November third. Yeah. Maybe we'll let's this let's just mull over that. Yeah. Let's look 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 through our telephones and see if we've any got anything written down that would pop up in yeah. anybody's mind about November third when Andrew Cuomo has decided to lift what some of His the restrictions order. Well, that's or the, the whole that's the expiration date. The the expiration day, the emergency yeah, order. Yeah, because it expired November like today or something, and then he right, and he was, he re-extended it. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is going to be left of the greatest city on earth? Well, according to Cuomo, they'll come back. They're going to come back. That's his words. Because of course, I, I mean, come people got to eat. They have no choice. They have to go to. They have to go to Broadway. They, they have to go to they Broadway. They want to see shows. They, they got to go to Katz's Deli because you 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 know if you live in New York, right. you eat there every day. So they'll they'll be back. They they'll be back. They'll be back. I know them. I know my people. They'll be back. Or maybe that was and the mayor. Is, and and Mayor Wilhelm is uh, uh, 
he's locking down like nine of the zip codes up there. Get, uh, like everybody stays inside. Yeah. And I tell you, this is a strange thing to watch happening. The good thing is that all the New Yorkers have houses in Florida, right? So they just they all have houses in Florida or the the Poconos or the uh, what's that other thing that New Yorkers go to the Hamptons. Oh, the Ham- but that's still New York. The Hamptons, that's New York. Are the Poconos not in New York? Oh yeah, they are. <coughs> right. What are the Poconos? <coughs> are they mountains? Sounds like mountains. How tall are they? Poconos Mountains. Really? What's the? How tall are they? Oh, that's like the are they as tall 2, as two thousand six hundred ninety-four? <laughs> that's the. That's like the Wichita's. Oh, the Wichita's. Wichita's. Five thousand. No, they're Mount, not. Mount Scott's five thousand. No, it's not. It's not. You fool! It's not five. You're 000. a fool, Rip. Hold on. It's like twenty-six hundred feet or something like that. It's like the Pocono. I'm gonna hate it if you're. Wrong, it's the right? fucking Pocono. God damn it! He's right. No, there's right. nothing. There's nothing it's in the, the exact same height. It's twenty-four sixty-four. Yeah, just that's like it. the Poconos. It's the Poconos. Yeah. It's the it's the Poconos of Oklahoma. And I assure you, they're cheaper. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> yeah. I think they'd be more reasonable to to The to Poconos go to. are in Pennsylvania too, by the way. Oh, it extends over it's, into Pennsylvania. It's uh encompasses. Does Andrew know that? He must not. We may be getting this shit all wrong. I'm looking at... Oh, yeah, it says region in Pennsylvania. Oh, it's actually not in New York. Yeah, it's in Pennsylvania. It's a, You know, I don't really care. I don't want anybody to think I give a fuck where the Poconos is, so I just... <laughs> I want you to... And I don't really give a fuck where the Hamptons are. I think maybe the Hamptons are... If they're not in Connecticut, they ought to be. You know? I, I don't... People, I, I'm not an expert on New York City... Or Long Island or anything of that area up there, geography. And you know why I'm not an expert? Because fuck that place. Okay? You know what's interesting? I bet the people in the Hamptons can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. You think? Oh, yeah. I bet they're, I'm sure they're. So the Hamptons, not really what is actually the Hamptons. Remember, is is that neighborhoods out on Long Island at the end? Remember that? That, Well, I've seen it, but it's been, you know, like 30 years ago. Yeah, that's where, like, those people live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't follow the same rules. They got money. Yeah, daddies in textiles. Mm-hmm. Money. <laughs> right? That kind of money. <laughs> God. Oh, when those these two fucking communists get through that area up there, it's going to be... It'd be just like the Wichita's. <laughs> Wichita Mountains. Go to the Wichita's. Yep. And not have to pay 85% of your income in taxes while you do it. Right? Okay. Might as well get on to, you know, a more interesting part of the show where I showcase my talent for probing through gibberish and extracting a lucid question there from hi rip how are you doing you, you don't you don't need to <laughs> was, was I'm, that the question? yeah i'm fine thanks <laughs> i'm just fine hi dear uncle rippy i heard a pop on left lower rib cage on my last rep during my last set coming up from the bottom of my squat almost dumped it but I finished it and walked away. 
Good man. Good man. You've learned a valuable lesson there, haven't you? Today, I'm in quite a lot of pain and can barely move. My question is, is it possible to break a rib or two while squatting? I belted up my last set. Can the belt be too tight? I'm 5'2 with a short waist, and the belt is, and the belt is, isn't, is, isn't too wide, but perhaps the placement was off. I'm not new to lifting, but I never knew this could happen. Thanks for your time, and see you at the December seminar. That sounds like a threat, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I better answer this correctly, then. All right, look, you have probably injured a coastal cartilage. This happens all the time. I can't believe we hadn't discussed this. We discussed oh, this yeah. before. Coastal cartilage. Yeah. That's the part of the rib cage that is not boned. And if you'll, uh, well, like, when's the last time you had pork spare ribs? All right. Pork spare ribs show you exactly this anatomy. Now, if you've got back ribs, see they sell pork ribs as two different cuts. The back ribs are the part that comes off of the spine, and they just saw the rib cage in half, and they call the top half of it. On a pig, that would be the dorsal side. They would call him. On us, that'd be the posterior. That's the back ribs. And the spare ribs are the part in the front. And in a rack of spare ribs, there's a whole bunch of little cartilages that are attached to the tip ends of the rib bones. All right? These are the coastal cartilages. You have them, too. Although yours are probably not as tasty as the spare ribs on a hog. But I'm willing to try. I mean, they're going to be eating each other in New York City before this is all over with. We could have some shipped, some long, have some pig. long pig ribs yep. shipped. Long pig. If you see that for sale on the street, that's what it is. It's you. Right? So... The, the cartilage is kind of soft, and if you've got your belt in the wrong place and you, you know, lean into the belt real hard, yeah, it's possible to damage, I don't know if you call it a fracture, uh, a coastal cartilage. But as with anything in the rib cage, it heals very, very quickly. The ribs, if you fracture a rib, ribs are the fastest healing bones in the human body. And if you'll think about it for just a second, you'll understand why. When you fracture a rib, the rib fracture moves every time you breathe because you can't quit breathing. Yeah, ribs, broken ribs hurt like fuck. There's no doubt about it for about three weeks. And then they're healed up. Three weeks to heal a fracture. Okay, now I'm familiar with a case many years ago. My girlfriend got in a real bad, bad fucking car wreck, uh, and uh, got hit on the driver's side door by a guy going about 30 miles an hour in a truck, and uh, caved her chest in. She had a flail chest on the left side, and I mean by that I mean. Uh, ribs m most of the ribs broken in in at least two places now there's nothing they can do about that you can't put a cast on ribs so you just have to lay there and breathe and deal with the pain in uh 
about nine months after that, she had occasion to get another chest x-ray for unrelated incident. And, uh, and I saw the chest x-ray and her left rib cage had gone from flail chest, multiple fractures and multiple ribs to normal rib cage morphology. Looked like nothing had ever happened to it. And I mean, there was shit like that previously and it was, back to normal. It had remodeled completely in nine months. So I'm sorry your ribs hurt, and uh, people occasionally do this, especially short people who insist on wearing a four-inch belt. Don't do that. Get a two-inch belt if you need to, two and a half. But don't wear. Don't try to wear a four-inch belt if you're 5'2". That's stupid. It's stupid to wear a, a four-inch belt if you're 5'10", as far as I'm concerned. A three-inch belt works better. Four inch is just tradition. They make a four inch belt because they've always done it this way. And that's the only reason they make a four inch belt. You got a four inch belt. You haven't even thought about it. Read my article on the website about the belt and the deadlift and think about getting a narrower belt because they work better. But if you, if you've broken a rib in a situation like that or fractured a coastal cartilage, it's going to heal. <laughs> If it's killing you, put a knee wrap around it to give it a little support while you're training. But you got to train. Train through it. You'll be fine. Nothing bad will happen. Background. 46-year-old male, 6 foot, 235, former runner. Endurance comes easy. Strength comes hard. I probably have a negative vertical jump. No, you're not going to be real powerful at 46 years old and a former runner. You're not going to display a big vertical jump. Currently deadlifting 3RM is 425, press 190, bench about 245, squats 375. Uh, training for strength for three years. So there's the background. I just trained myself. I found I make my best consistent gains while training in the 15 rep range total volume, usually by way of sets of three. So he's talking about five sets of three. Is it, it refers to his volume. Volume being so important. My question is, do you think the reason I gain more from sets of threes have something to do with being a not explosive human? Do you train people who move weight like a turtle differently than people who naturally are more explosive? Well, you know, that's not a stupid ass question, is it? Uh, the reason we train women with triples is for this reason. Now, for everybody, fives works just fine at first while you're establishing some baseline strength. But the ability to effectively do the fourth and fifth rep is rather dependent on your ability to retain neuromuscular efficiency under conditions of fatigue, which means that you have got more neuromuscular efficiency to begin with than someone who is got a, for example, a low standing vertical jump or someone who is 46 or someone who is 64. Uh, I think there's a good case to be made for threes for these kinds of people because the last rep of a set of three uh, more closely uh, mirrors the neuromuscular event of the last rep of a set of five if your neuromuscular efficiency is lower. So yeah, I think there's a case to be made for that. 
but not at first. Everybody can do fives. Everybody benefits from fives for quite a while. But if you're older, try changing over to threes for a while. Just see if you like them better and see if you make better progress on them. Absolutely. Now, let's see. That's here. the exact opposite of the popular opinion right now, that if you're less athletic, less explosive, less neuromuscularly efficient, you need to do higher hypertrophy. reps. Hypertrophy. In the absence of a heavy enough load to actually make you hypertrophy. Bigger. <laughs> right. Stupid. So, yeah, it's, it's, this is a. Uh, less you know, athletic this is... means heavier weight. You've got to go heavier. Yes. And the more athletic yes. you are. If you're going to get stronger, you have to. And you, the more athletic you are, the better fives and six and maybe even eights will work for you. Right. It doesn't work for anybody else. Well, the more, more athletic you are, the more benefit you're going to get out of cleans right. than someone who's not as athletic. You know, you'll, you'll, in other words, a guy doing an explosive clean is going to, who is very athletic with a 36, 38 inch vertical is going to recruit more motor units into the contraction than a guy who is not as athletic at a 22 inch vertical jump. And therefore is going to obtain a strength training effect from cleans that a less efficient athlete will not obtain. And I'm sorry if this is complicated for you people out there with master's degrees in exercise physiology, but. Sometimes your money's wasted. This would be one of those times. Okay? I have a question about fatigue and form. I find on pull exercises, for example, the barbell row, as fatigue sets in, sometimes it can be difficult to feel confident that my arms are going through proper form. It's as though I lose proprioceptive awareness with building fatigue or higher stress demands on the muscle. He says he doesn't find this as big a problem with pushing exercises. Uh, but pulling exercises, it's a different story. On a bent-over row, there's no lockout at the top. In the fifth rep of a PR weight, it can often feel like my non-dominant shoulders moving around to try to cheat the weight up higher. I don't think that you know how to do barbell rows. All right. I think that you seem to be obsessed with feeling muscle groups. Uh, the barbell row, just like the deadlift and the squat and the press and the bench press and the power clean, the power snatch, is a movement pattern. It is not muscle groups that you feel. When you complete a correctly performed heavy barbell row, it comes off the floor fast and it hits you in the belly. The bar must contact the belly. And that's all you can think about is accelerating the barbell up off the floor, finishing into the belly with, with your elbows up high, slamming the barbell into your belly with your elbows. You don't have time to think about your shoulders or your lats or your piriformis or your obturators or anything else. You think about pushing the bar away from the floor, just like you do on a deadlift, accelerating it up with your elbows and hitting yourself in the belly with it. And that's all you have time to think about in a correct barbell row. I don't think you're doing the barbell row right. Maybe you're doing these bent rows that bodybuilders do where they just kind of let the bar hang and pull them up into their belly or something like that. But it's that's not the way we teach the movement pattern because it's not an effective uh, strength exercise for for what you want to use the row for. Uh, 
we've got a couple of videos about rows on the website, so check those out. All right. Now, I have a question about the finishing position for a deadlift. How high are we supposed to shrug? What's the definition of done for this movement pattern? I have relatively long arms. Uh, this is a question from uh, a person who has not read the book. All right. So, listen, we talked about this earlier. We're here to, to answer questions from people who have invested, so to speak, in this material, who have read the book, who understand what we've already said about all of this stuff in the book. And this is an example of a person who has not read the book. All right. You do not perform a concentric shrug in a deadlift. All right. The traps, the rhomboids, all the upper back muscles in a deadlift are functioning as isometric locking muscles. They don't shrug. You don't shrug at the top of a deadlift. You never shrug at the top of a deadlift. The deadlift is finished with chest up. If there's a movement at the top of the deadlift, it would be lifting the chest, which does not involve the traps concentrically. Okay? All of those muscles function as isometric anchors for the scapulas which from which the arms hang. Arms hang from the scapulas. The traps hold the scapulas in place isometrically. They don't shrug. You don't shrug at the top of a deadlift. In fact, you don't concentrically shrug your shoulder blades back together. You don't retract your scapulas concentrically at the start of a deadlift either unless you want to tear a rhomboid. You just lift the chest and the, and the weight on the bar makes the traps work. The weight on the bar makes the traps work. The traps have to support the position of the scapulas and that's their job in a deadlift, not shrugging. Okay. Hi, Rip. I'm a novice female advanced athlete. My son bought me the barbell prescription. I've been hard at work practicing my lift, so I won't be so easy to kill in the coming years. Well, she's saying all the right stuff, isn't she? Checking them off. Yep. I'm 55, 135, deadlifts at 135, squats 110. Might be hot. <laughs> I'm struggling with my bench press. When I lift anything over 20 pounds, I get an instant headache. It's so bad, I almost feel like I'm going to vomit. I've been careful not to clench my jaw or hold my breath. And I've tried just doing inclines with dumbbells, and same thing happens. I think I can actually almost feel a rush of something going up my back, up my neck, behind my ear. Thoughts? My thoughts are a neurology consult now it's only on bench it's only on bench she's and inclined bench right? so she's pushing her i don't know what she's doing yeah and i can't tell from here right. but if you've got an instant onset bad headache 
when you do anything like that, it may be nothing, but it may be an aneurysm about the blow. I don't know. And I'm not going to pretend like I do know. And you don't know either. Tricia, you have no idea. And you need to go get this looked at because it could be very, very serious. It's probably not. These things are probably not serious. But this is an example of punt, okay? Out of my bailiwick, not something we're going to address on the Internet because it could be very dangerous, right? Go get it looked at, all right? Don't go to the ER, but, but don't do anything that hurts like that, but make an appointment with a neurosurgeon or a neurologist, preferably a neurosurgeon, and see if you can get some kind of input on this. He's going to want to do an MRI or a CT, a cervical and cranial CT, MRI. You want imaging, though. I mean, the, you want imaging. You're going to have to have some imaging. You don't want the guy to tell you to stop benching. No, no, no. If all he wants to do is tell you don't do that, no, you went to the wrong guy. Don't pay him. If he says that, don't pay him. Right? Go so you need some, you need a study done on this, and it needs to be done immediately. I remember going over this. I have my I have my doubts about whether to use it or not. It's another flat-footed uh, question, and uh, this guy's got a bunch of shit wrong with his feet and his ankles and shit. And I think I'm just gonna. Let my previous advice on that stand. Everybody remember what I said? Keep your knees out. Use what shoes you have to to keep your knees out. Use good form. Everything will strengthen. If you do that, symmetry creates symmetry. Let's just leave it at that. Because I don't, it's repetitive shit. You need to start watching this podcast every week. Because there's all kinds of good things we talk about here that you already need to know, right? Now, good morning, Mr. Rip. If you are reading this, I am honored and appreciate your time, as you should be. I will try to be complete and brief at the same time. Well, that didn't turn out, did it? <laughs> okay, let's see. Shoulder video, take out a second opinion, another doctor, something about an injury... Uh, severe bursitis in a bad shoulder. Uh, and, and here's why. Uh, here's why he has a bad shoulder. Because uh, one Monday, he did five sets of five on the bench. And then he did eight sets of three presses. Same workout. Which apparently was too much. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now, look. Uh, if you're not going to do the program, all right, don't ask me questions that arise because you didn't do the program I told you to do, all right? This is like climbing up on top of the gym and jumping off of the roof onto the parking lot for legs, right? And something got hurt, and you want to know what to do. I didn't tell you to do that. You hurt yourself. You fucked up. You fucked up, all right? And if the inflammation doesn't go down, this, God, I don't, I don't know. It Usually you can heal these things up with a bunch of NSAID and 
just some careful rehab and stuff. But you need to just and not doing sixty five, not doing you know nine thousand reps of upper body in one workout because you're a fucking bodybuilder, right? You 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 fucked up. All right. Now, what would be the opposite of doing five sets of five bench and eight sets of three presses in the same workout? What would be the opposite of that? Well, the opposite would be pick one of those exercises and do a limited number of reps in one workout and then stopping. And then over time, the damn thing will heal. Okay? But, man, what is so difficult about just doing the goddamn program like we wrote it in the books? It's too simple. It's just not satisfying because everybody thinks that they've got to, you know, have some input into our program. Well, I'm telling you, you know, our program works. We've had more experience with this than you have. My advice would be to do it like we tell you to do it, not like you interpret that you ought to do it with your snowflake input, okay? Okay. Now, let me see what this one is. My name is Constantine. Constantine Lambiris is his name. That's a fake name. I don't know. Could be some foreigner. I think he's an alien. You know, from another country where names are all fucked up. Yeah. Greece. Turkey. Hungary. Hungary. They've got some really fucked up names. Hungary's bad. Hungary's bad. It's fucked Just up. a bunch of consonants. A whole bunch of <laughs> series of Y's and Z's and shit. R's and shit. <laughs> Unpronounceable gibberish. And then they How do those people talk no, no. to each other? And then they pronounce it and it's gibbick. <laughs> <laughs> the words just lost. I don't know. I don't see how they talk. And how do you how do you pronounce Hungary? I make those people over there in Hungary just come up to each other and go. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they haven't got a, there's stuff that they can say because you can't pronounce this. Yeah. Fuck that language. Okay. <laughs> All right, so anyway, Constantine wants to know if he can get medial epicondylitis from deadlifts. Uh, uh, that's golfer's elbow. No, I don't, I've never heard of that happening. Uh, if it did happen, then probably what you did was overgrip the supine hand. I would imagine you did that on the supine side of a deadlift, and I think probably you're doing one of these things you've got the supine hand here and the supine hand there instead of straight wrists with the bar down low in the fingers that's a grip error but really honest to god i've never heard of anybody doing that because he's, he's probably doing it on the squat and he just happens to feel it yeah that's usually that's, the deal. that's what i was going to say you yeah. think it's happening in the, the deadlift, but the what dead you're lift. doing is you're fucking your elbows up when you're squatting and then you notice it right in the bench and the deadlift. Uh, a lot of, of elbow problems happen during the squat and they become apparent in other exercises. So keep that in mind. I've written about that in the book. And uh, I didn't say anything about having read the book. 
wonder if that's possible. What if there's a way? Just as a question here. Is there a way to make sure that everybody that gets through to the table here has read the book? No. That needs to be in the can, subject. Can you think of... Uh, I read the book. Here's my question. There's no way. No <laughs> way. No we, way. We, hell, we wouldn't have any questions. Ah, leave them alone. Doesn't matter if they read the book anyway. Most doesn't make any difference. They don't understand it when they do read it. Yeah. Okay. And you'll notice these are all injury questions, pretty much. Uh, last year, I had a partial tear of the ACL in my right knee. Anterior cruciate ligament, for those of you in Bowie. All right. I'm 25 years old, and the first doctor I visited said I needed surgery, which I didn't do for a few reasons, including the pandemic. The pandemic. Yeah, you couldn't do. You realize that if you'd had a melanoma, that you couldn't have had surgery during the pandemic? We got to stop saying yeah. that. We, we, we got to say the, the government response to the, the pandemic. The government response not, to the it's pandemic. it's not the goddamn pandemic. No, it's the panic over the pandemic right. created by the government and their lapdog media. That's why. That's, that's why you didn't have surgery. Uh, I recently went to the doctor again, but I still can't do the surgery right now, so I decided to go to another doctor and ask for a second opinion. This second doctor said that my knee is pretty stable and that I should continue to do some physical therapy and start to strengthen my leg muscles in the gym and that I shouldn't worry too much about doing the surgery right now. Considering that this second doctor also lifts, I believe that he has some understanding of training with an injury. I could squat to parallel without pain, just some swelling sometimes, and deadlift without any problems. So you want to know what to do. Let's see, squat. Do the program. Press, deadlift, do the program. So you got a partial tear of your ACL. Who doesn't? You know how many people in the NFL right now are playing with ACL tears that they either don't know they have or don't want anybody to know they have? I really honestly have heard estimates of like 50% of the people in the NFL have got an ACL tear. I've had no ACL on my right knee for 26 years. Uh, squat, deadlift, cleaned with it, never any trouble without an ACL on my right knee. Uh, so, uh, you know, You people have a tendency to give doctors too much authority over your own shit, right? This ACL thing, you're being afraid to do something because a doctor told you something. It's just like wearing a mask. It's just like your doctor is Anthony Fauci for the world, right? Anthony Fauci tells everybody one day that masks are... No big deal. Nobody should wear them. And then a couple of months later, everybody needs to be in a mask. And the first time he said no mask, you went, no mask. Thank God. And then, <laughs> and then the second time he said, put a mask on, you went, <laughs> Yeah. 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 Because Anthony Fauci told you, you, you people are 
disappointing because you cede authority to people who do not merit that authority because you are intellectually lazy. You refuse to think for yourselves. If you could squat down to parallel without pain, is anything wrong enough to keep you from doing it with a 45-pound bar and then with a 50-pound bar and then with a 55-pound bar and with a 60-pound bar and so on and so forth until you're back up to 365? And if something is wrong, what will happen during the process of going from a 45-pound bar to 365? Well, you know this. If you've been trained and you know the process, you know how it works. But you go to a doctor and the doctor says, I need to do surgery on your knee before you can do anything else. And you just swallow what he says. You just, you ate a giant plate of shit, didn't you? Because a man told you to here, eat this shit. This we're destroying ourselves with this, this level of blind, slave-like obedience. This is just a, this is a mild example of it. But it's the same mechanism, okay? Everybody understand what I'm saying? All right, he says, thank you for taking my question. Oh, but I hadn't taken it yet. That's what we call putting the cart before the horse, <laughs> Right? This is an observation question. I hate RPE. It's so frustrating. <laughs> I'm a novice. Never lifted weights until late 2019. Did the program at Solus NY from January till March. Uh, for two months, in other words, 2020. Then Solus was destroyed by... By uh, the pandemic? By the, by the pandemic. Response. No, by the... Political response to, to, the pan, the to the pandemic. Loved it, got excellent coaching. Stronger, gained weight, numbers went up, then COVID hit, blah, 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 blah. So uh, he's at this uh, CrossFit place taking part in what they call a power lifting program, which is the only way I can get my hand on barbells at this moment in time. Uh, because uh, you live in New York City. You're not a free individual. If, if you're still in New York City, it is like serving a sentence for a crime. And the, what is the crime? Stupidity. That's the crime you committed. Uh, and all they do is use RPE. You know why they use RPE? Let me tell you what RPE is. RPE is a way to sell programs as templates without having to actually consult the client in terms of the numbers on the bar, all right? RPE, rate of perceived exertion, rating of perceived exertion, is a way to make it okay to lift light weights, all right? And let me tell you why this is the case, all right? Uh, RPE was developed 
for strength training as a way to sell services. I know this for a fact, all right? Uh, that's all it was for. It's so you could handle 200 clients without having to actually interact with them about the numbers on the bar. Well, you just go up to RPE of 7.38 and, uh, and uh, do something there, right? And, uh, and it's, it's, it's absolute stupidity, all right? Everybody that's lifted weights, everyone without exception, including you, if you'll think about it, has come to the gym and has, has come under the bar and warmed up and did first sets of warm-ups, second, third sets of warm-ups, gotten up to the last set of warm-ups and said, you know, all of those feel like shit. They just feel like shit. And if you are using RPE as a way to give yourself permission to be a fucking pussy that day and you reduce the work set to a number that's below what you know you need to do for your program, a number below what you did last time, and give yourself permission to lift light weights because RPE, well, that's not training that's exercising in the gym, right? Every one of us has had the experience of doing the last warm-up before the work sets and said to ourselves, you not really felt like shit. That really, really felt like shit. But those of us with giant cantaloupe-sized balls, well, it doesn't even require that. It just requires uh, a little tiny bit of stick to have taken the work set out of the rack, squatted it, put it back up, did the five you're supposed to do, and said to yourself, you don't really feel like shit. But you got the fifth rep. So you said to yourself, yeah, I'm going to do the second set. So you rest about 10 minutes, and you take the second set out of the rack, and you do the set of five, and it felt like shit. And... It really, really felt terrible. The last rep was hard. And uh, you said to yourself, uh, well, I've already done two. I might as well go ahead and finish the workout. So you rest 10 minutes. You take the fifth, the third set out of the, of the rack, and you you finish the set, the fifth rep. You say to yourself, you not really felt like shit. But I got all 15 reps. I did the work. I think I'll check my videos. So you look at your videos, and goddamned if every one of those reps was not performed at exactly the same bar speed. We've all done it. Every one of us have done it. You know, I did it myself a couple of weeks ago. Had, uh, you know, back's been bothering me quite a bit. Did 305 for a set of three box squats. Felt like shit. Felt like absolute shit. All the warm-ups felt like shit. Everything hurt. Everything felt like shit. So I had my spotters come over and say, uh, you know, I said, you, this, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, so y'all just stand here and get real close to me. And they, uh, so I took the bar out of the rack, and I did the first rep, and I said, that really felt like shit. Uh, watch close on this next one. And, uh, did the next one, I said, oh, my God, 
I can't hardly believe how bad that felt, but here I am. I just got one more to do. So y'all watch real, I mean, come in real close, right? So I did the third rip and it felt like hammered fuck. But I got back up to the top and I racked it and I'm standing there feeling sorry for my elderly self in front of the rack. And both of them said, all three of those looked exactly the same. I said, are you serious? You can't be serious. The last one, he said, the last one moved exactly the same speed as the first one did. I don't know what it felt like to you, but the last one moved exactly the same speed as the first one did. So what does that tell me? It tells me that my perceptions of my own effort are unreliable. And yours are too. I've been doing this for 42 years. And I can't tell how hard it actually was against an objective assessment like bar speed. I can't tell. I know you can't tell. So this RPE shit needs to go away. If you want to lift light weights, just lift the goddamn light weights. I don't care. If you want to keep your squat at 285 the rest of your life, go ahead. Fine with me. But don't blame it on RPE. Blame it on your flared-up ovarian situation. Okay? I've read your book. Hey. <laughs> Apparently it's soaked in and they've been following your program for a while now. And I have seen exponential gains. Once again, the general public doesn't understand numbers, but it's a, it's a, I understand what he's saying. Question is regarding the foot position. You have mentioned that the toes should be pointed slightly outwards for deadlifts and squats. However, I keep getting told off at the gym by the coach's presence saying I should keep my toes straight to avoid knee injuries. <laughs> See, you haven't read the book, Roshan. You haven't read the fucking book, have you? No, you haven't read the book. You said the first time. So you're right. <laughs> Doesn't matter if they read the book. In the book, I clearly state that the toes are not slightly pointed out. They're pointed out at 30 degrees. And I take three or four pages explaining exactly why. So don't tell me you've read the fucking book when you haven't read the book. Okay. Uh, oh, I got two of these. I remember this. These are the alcohol questions that we... Bree and I went over these yesterday. Was there any tears? She she cried all out by then. She cried all of her tears out. Uh, but you know, really, we weren't looking at the we weren't looking at the comments from the haters. Look at the questions, and these aren't particularly stressful to her. So yeah, I can see that. All right. So here is a uh, uh, Sunil from India. He's read all of our all of your books on Kindle and watched your a bunch of your videos on YouTube. Blah, 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 blah. I heard your podcast on alcohol. I've been curious about the relationship between alcohol and strength training. I've read a lot of stuff on this subject, and they make it appear as though alcohol is absolute poison 
when it comes to strength training. What? I am the world's foremost authority on strength training. Right? Yes, undisputable. Undisputable. World's foremost authority on strength training. Have I ever told you that alcohol was bad for anything? No. No, I haven't. You're the world's foremost authority on alcohol, too. Uh, at this point. At this point, you are. At, with, that, with the release with, of, with the release of that podcast on alcohol, I'm the world's foremost authority on both strength training and alcohol. Well, so when I tell you that you don't drink nearly enough, <laughs> <laughs> you can trust me. Okay. He's 50 years old, 5'4", 185, started barbell training at the age of 42. Squats 260, deadlifts about the same, bench press 180. This has been static for some time now. I am okay with that. There's your problem. There's your problem. That's why it's static. You know why it's static? Because you won't put 265 on the bar and squat the goddamn thing. You won't put 285 on the bar and deadlift it. And you won't put 185 on the bar on, on the bar and bench that. That's why you're static. It's got nothing to do with alcohol. He drinks at least once a week and without restraint. <laughs> Boy, this sounds like he's got a problem. He's doesn't insane. It? This guy's insane. He's nuts. Once a week without restraint. Without restraint. He might have like three beers. God almighty. What, what an it? overwhelming goddamn. Is he continuing? Is the question No, no, no. Oh. I'm just. So his know. question is, am uh, I going to hurt He, he wants to know his, he, what he implies is, is that once a week binge drinking of three beers, keeping him stuck. No, you're keeping you stuck. Yeah. He might get unstuck by drinking three times a week. And he's riding in from India. He probably doesn't eat beef or meat or anything like that. He eats. What do they eat in India for protein? Basmati rice. Basmati rice, high protein rice. I guess so. I don't know. I wonder what percentage of people in India are actually vegetarians. Do you have any high. idea? It's probably fairly high, isn't it? It's probably pretty high. We could see if we can find it. I mean, Let's if see. you're if you're not eating, uh, if you're a vegetarian and you're not eating whey protein. Uh, or some other protein supplement, you're just you're not getting enough protein in. That it's probably why you're stuck. Oh, this is interesting. Wikipedia article: yeah. Vegetarianism by country. India has the most vegetarians out of anybody. I've gathered that. more vegetarians than the rest of the world put together. Put together, wow. combined. UNFAO now, statistics. That's a big number. UNFAO statistics indicate that Indians have the lowest rate of meat consumption in the world. 500 million vegetarians. 500 million. Out of a population of 1 point some odd, 1.1 billion. They're not as populous as China. They make such damn good chicken, too. I don't understand how they could be Yeah, I don't understand it. Tandoori chicken. God almighty, there's not any better chicken on earth. Koreans, though. Korean fried chicken. It's close. Damn close. Damn close. That's that's good fried chicken. Yeah, the goddamn Koreans know how to fry a chicken. They know how to get drunk. Too. And they know how to the they know how to serve it. You yeah, serve true. fried chicken at yeah. a bar. You drink a bunch of beer yeah. while you're eating your chicken, and God yeah. Almighty, it's good. 
Yeah, I know. God love a Korean. Uh, Koreans have good beer, too. Yeah. You know, they make a damn fine couple of pills in their beers over there. Damn fine beers. Is Sapporo Korean, or is that... No. Sapporo is Japan, you bonehead. All right, we're not through here. Okay. Another alcohol question. He says he's 31. 1.85 meters. I need a conversion on that. Some Sebastian Viruzab. Why, he sounds like a oh, anti-seizure medication, doesn't he? What was it, one point what meters? 1.85 meters. And just, you know, look, I'm sorry, we're illiterate Jesus. in metric system. So that's 185 centimeters times 2.54 divided by 12. Equals. He's 39 feet tall. <laughs> He's 39 feet tall. I'm watching you. This is, a tall, this is a tall, skinny guy because he's only 93 kilos. Now, I understand kilos. If you put it into Google, it will shit it out for you. 1.85? Meters. Meters. Meters? Okay, yeah. He's six foot. He's six foot tall. Six foot. Why couldn't he just say he's six feet tall? Because he's a, he's, you know, got a, a, the name of a pharmaceutical anti-seizure medication for last night. (laughs) Viruzab. See? Oh, he's. Foreign, you Look, know. We talked about these foreign people. When you when you converse with somebody who uses the metric system, you don't tell them feet, do you? I mean, if you're you're having an official communication with somebody and you want to tell them how tall you are, you don't say I'm six feet tall. No, I, I'm, I, I, I don't ever discuss it because how tall I am is none of anybody's fucking <laughs> business. <laughs> That's none of your business. You already think I'm fat, so why would I? You don't want anybody to know you're 6'1"? Yeah, the fact that I'm 6'1 is none of anybody's business. <laughs> oh, God damn it. oh, shit. So, anyway, listen, you guys, okay, this, this guy's a semi-recovering alcoholic, okay. whatever the hell whatever that, means. that means. I used to have a huge drinking problem, but in the last year, I've managed to reduce it to a smaller problem with starting strength. <laughs> I only drink one... When I drink seriously now, no more casual or day drinking, as that would open Pandora's box. Hang on. (laughs) All right. He's been doing the program for five months. He's got 180 kilo deadlift. He's squatting 100. He's benching 85, and he's pressing 65. My question is this. How does alcohol consumption affect strength and muscle gains other than interrupting recovery after one gets absolutely hammered? <laughs> my, my theory is that it might reduce hypertrophy even if it is two beers as post-workout, and I'm also worried it could have long-term negative effects on strength gains due to brain damage <laughs> or Dane bramage, as we like to refer to it, from fried neurons Caused by so much uh, consumption. I hope I'm wrong because I think strength training has a lot more to do with the nervous system than bodybuilding does. I may get I may get drunk one to two times a week now on weekends and stay sober during the week and stay well hydrated always, even when drinking. Since I started starting strength, my poison choice has been vodka and water. Vodka and water. 
This guy's not drinking alcohol. He is doing alcohol. Yeah, he's doing alcohol. This is a this is a psychology problem. Though. Yeah. This is not no. This is this is outside. Yeah. This is outside the scope of our, uh, of our, uh, our 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 expertise here. Uh, <laughs> I I like the part about uh, he doesn't he only drinks when he's drinking seriously, not just during the day. <laughs> All right, look. You're probably drinking a couple of gallons of vodka a week, okay? I drink too much, but you're fucked up, okay? You need to figure something out here. And I'm glad that the discipline uh, of the program has helped you positively, but the, I, the first thing I would do is stop drinking vodka and start drinking something that at least has some flavor so you know you've drunk something. Oh, how fucking weird. All right. But the general, the general, what does excess alcohol consumption do to, do to your training? Well, uh, if you, if you drink enough to where you're just getting fucked up every single night, uh, it affects your sleep and it affects your recovery. It primarily is going to have an adverse effect on your recovery. Uh, if you're drinking gallons of vodka every week, you need probably to have a liver function test taken every couple, you know, years. Well, every six months probably, uh, because that kind of a that's that's quite a bit of stress on the alcohol dehydrogenase enzyme production system. So, uh, uh, I you know I, I most athletes drink. I think I don't know many athletes that don't have a beer. I really, I've never have known many that don't have a beer. Uh, most athletes smoke dope, you know, world renowned for lowering testosterone. But, you know, people that do this kind of competitive athletic stuff are just, they're busy living their lives. And if they want to go out and have a, have a beer, that's what they're going to do. I don't see anything wrong with alcohol moderation. What you're doing is probably not qualifies as moderation. Okay. I have been doing Texas Method from the Gray Book for about six weeks. I'm now 49. My deadlift was at 345 at the end of the LP. Since I only do the deadlift on Fridays, my deadlift has steadily dropped to 315. Why has it dropped to 315? Well, if it's steadily dropped to 315, what that means is that, uh, at the end of the LP, when it was 345, you dropped it down to 340, and then 335, and then 330, and then 325, and then 320, and then 315. You did that with your hands when you loaded the barbell. Right? That's what's going on. Did he also right? say that he Probably has something to do with RPE. Did, right? Did he go straight to Texas Method out of the NLP? He didn't. Been doing Texas Methods in the Gray Book for six weeks. I'm assuming he went to Texas Method at the end of LP. He's 49. And how many times do I have to tell 49-year-old people, don't do the fucking Texas Method? It's, it's too hard. That's not what you do. Nonetheless, if your lifts are going down, it's because you've taken weight off the bar. I have recommended the four-day split for most 
people in lieu of the Texas method several times because Texas method, it beats the piss out of you. Now, you can get recovered from it. It makes you real, real strong if you're young, if you don't have a lot of work to do, if you've got access to 5,000 calories a day and 10 hours of sleep a night. But if you don't, it's not going to work for you. So you're, pro you're doing the wrong workout. And you're not keeping your numbers up. And I, that's just... That's just the math, all right? And all this extra protein we're supposed to take, is there a concern that gout could develop? No. No, gout is a metabolic disease. It's not got anything to do with protein intake. No, that's just bullshit, all right? There's another old guy, 60, former competitive lifter, bodybuilder, three days a week, whole body workout, hating it. Been training in Krav Maga for the past two years and love it. Trying to get all my strength workouts in and do two to three hours of Krav Maga a week is tough on time in my body. Any suggestions on a strength routine or am I an idiot and simply need to make time decision? I devote between the two. Okay. Look, you're 60. You can't train like you did when you were 40. You can't train like you did when you were 25. Old guys like us have been lifting all our lives, find this to be a very difficult lesson to learn. Cut your training in half. Cut it in half. And then, after you cut it in half, you may want to cut it in half again. All right? If you're still trying to do fives, eights, tens, don't do that. Go to triples. You can't recover from the volume when you're an old guy. Volume kills old people. Sets and reps, whole bunches of sets and reps kills old people. You can't get recovered. You can still lift heavy weights, but you can't lift heavy weights for sets across anymore. You can't do it. Right? At some point, all of us come to the decision that, you know, I'm long past setting PRs that is receding in the, in the rear view mirror. And I, I can't do it anymore. And I'm just trying to hang on to some muscle mass. And you have to, you have to start doing it that way because if you're sore and beat up and injured all the time, you're not, that's not what we do this for. It's not what we ought to be doing it for. It's just not rewarding if you're doing it like that. You don't have anything to prove to anybody but you, right? Just cut your training in half and see what Did he say see what, what he's happened. doing when he's doing sets and reps? And Didn't say. Didn't say. Yeah. Didn't he say, but I, I know the type sure, guy. Sure, sure. It's, he needs it's to go, me. You know. He needs to go heavy and not very often. He needs to go heavy triples, one heavy triple once every two weeks. That's what he needs and to do. And they're beating the piss out of him at that crowd. Well, they, of course they, they are. They've got him running around and doing burpees and push-ups and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that Krav Maga picture in the swimming pool. That's pretty cool. Like if you're in a swimming pool and you get attacked, yeah. you'll know what to do. Yeah, with, a, with an M16. With your M16. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Nick. I am 25 years old, and I'm in the early process of becoming a firefighter. What kind of training would you recommend? Can I benefit from starting strength? No. No. 
CrossFit. No, look, if you are going to be a firefighter, you're going to be dealing with heat. Okay? Because fire is hot, right? Now, stay with me on this logic. If fire is hot, you're going to be dealing with it. you got to get used to hot. So what I would do is uh, oh, probably the, the best thing to do is get out a pan, put it on the stove, let it heat up, and then put your hands on it for just a just like that. And like that. Get used to the heat. And then what you need to do is work your way up to being able to hold your hands on the hot pan for five or six minutes at a time while the fire's on. Now, if you do that, firefighter's piece of cake. Don't forget he, that he's he, got to run up the stairs with a. He's with got to run up the step. Yeah. So you might want to. What he's going to do then? The pan he, on the top he's got to put. No, no, he runs up the stairs with, with the, the pan. pan. Holding the pan. Holding the pan. There you go. I mean, it's specific. Yeah. Fire's hot. Get a helmet on, too. Helmet? They wear a helmet while they do it, so yeah. Put a helmet oh, yeah. On. And that breathing thing. <clears throat> breathing thing. Just stuff a sock in your mouth. Yeah. Well, you just wear a mask, N95. Yeah. N95 mask. Just wear an N95 mask. With a sock. Yep. Yeah. If you can do that with a hot pen, you're going to be a firefighter. Firefighter training. Firefighter training. But starting strength, what would that have to do with? You don't, you don't ever squat. You don't, you don't, when you don't do barbells in in a in a fire. What do you think? You think we're gonna go out to a fire and deadlift with a barbell? It'd be hot. So the hot. Well, you heat the, the barbell up. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd help. My daughter's applying to West Point, so I've been helping her train for the fitness test, and by helping, I mean. Tried to beat her at each event. I've been doing the program for a couple of years and convinced 340 and squat 500. When it came to doing push-ups and sit-ups for two minutes each, however, I cruised for the first minute but then hit a wall. Am I getting gas because two minutes of calisthenics has a conditioning aspect that must be trained specifically like a sport? Well, yeah, kind of, you are. You're also older than she is. If she's applying to West Point, She's what? 20? Late late teens. She's 19 or 19, 20. 20, 20 years well, old. No, yeah, 18 or 19, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, West Point is uh is <clears throat> freshman it's yeah, college. It, it's, it's college. It, it is a college yeah. program, right? It's so, un, so it's not school. it's not like graduate school. No. Okay. We worked up there before, but it's been a long time and I don't remember the program. So you get accepted in West Point, you're going to college at West Point, exactly. so she's 18, which makes you what? 38. 40, something like that. 40-something, Well, he's probably in his 40s. And uh, if you were 20 years old doing 340 on the bench and 500 on the squat, you wouldn't be having any trouble with two minutes of push-ups and sit-ups. Okay, so a lot of it's your age, right? But, yes, there's a conditioning aspect to these types of things. But keep in mind, conditioning is an adaptation that is acquired quickly. Strength is an adaptation that is required is acquired over years of time invested. Conditioning comes on quickly, goes away quickly. So you have to, uh, you have no reason to do that. All right. So so, quit being hard headed about it, and just get her strong. And she's going to have more endurance with 
at a certain strength level than you are anyway because she's a female. And we talked about that in our um, in our recent podcast on training women. Um, but uh, well, if he really wants to beat her, if he's devoted zero time to it right now, and he's going a minute straight. In two weeks, he could be. Yeah, could be this is this him. is going to happen in a. He'll take probably five workouts, and he'll yeah, be. Yeah, he does it. He'll be reacquiring his two minutes. But by the same token, uh, if you're going to do sit-ups for two minutes, as an old forty-year-old guy, you very well likely are going to tweak your back doing that. And I. Well, now he is for sure because he just knows Sebo down. <laughs> so good job. That's a good point. Send me the bill. How about that? That's magnanimous, isn't it? Send me the chiropractor bill. All right. Last one. <laughs> That's the last one of these questions. No. This guy's 23, 75 kilos. He says he's 75 kilos. So that's 165. 175 centimeters. Oh, shit. Which means that he's about 5'9, five, 5'10. Five, Right? I'm not going to do it this time. I'm going right, to do no, it. I got again. it. I'm going to Google. Oh, oh, you're going to Google. Just put in just put in 175 centimeters and the number it's, will come up. It's 5 feet 8.8 inches. He's 5'9", just like I said. 165 pounds, 5'9", squats around 120 for 5, deadlifts 150 for 5 kilos, benches 80 for 5. Is lack of, so he's a little guy, little underweight dude. Is lack of hip internal rotation a big issue? I went to a physiotherapist. This is how you know he's a Brit or something. No, if he was a Brit, he'd have told me how much he weighed in stone. <laughs> right? So he's, uh, what do you think, he's Irish? No, he said no. physio. Well, they say the physio. physio. They, also they say physio the physio. Yeah, well, it's everywhere but here. It calls him the physio. Said, right. all right. So let's look at his name. Could be from Australia. No. No, this is a Hungarian. Ah, got a bunch of Z's and Y's and Hungarian. K's and shit. His name, so he's Hungarian. So I went to the physio who checked his internal rotation and it was close to none. He said that such bad hips have people which are 60 years old and told me that in 10 years I will need a hip replacement if I'm not going to do anything with it. I did not really believe him, and he sounded like he wanted to scare me to show how clever he is. That's a distinct possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't feel any pain. Uh, Victor, my friend, you're dealing with a healthcare professional who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. This happens quite frequently. In these trying times, it's happened very, 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 very frequently. Doesn't seem to be getting any better either. Ignore him and continue to train. You have my permission. Nice cold brie coffee. 
Anything else anybody wants to discuss? You got anything to yeah, add the, uh, to this? The Foundation for Economic Education, fee.org. Fee.org. Wonderful just, organization, just been around years and years and years. 22% of every U.S. dollar every print, ever printed was printed in 2020. Wow. Oh, now that is a scary-ass goddamn. That is insane. 22% of all the money ever printed by the federal government was printed, was this, printed year. this year. And it's only October. Yeah. Do you see any potential problems down the road with that? I think what I really what I think is we don't really know anything about monetary theory. Certainly not what we thought we knew. And uh, but this isn't good. This is not good. We've got a credit based economy. And uh, I don't know. Bad things occurred in the past, but we're on new, fresh ice here. We'll see when we fall through. We probably will, but God almighty. I don't know. I'm tired of sitting here. I need to get up, stretch my legs, piss, do all that other stuff people do while they're standing up. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and say, Thank you for being here this Friday on Starting Strength Radio, and we'll see you next week.